Welcome to the Motoring Podcast, a Hyundai i20 Premium Special Edition. Hello, I'm Alan. Hello, I'm Andrew. An i20 Premium. Ooh, that sounds posh. Yes, well, it, it's like a... It, 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 well, I don't know. Given level of poshness, anyway. So, what is a Hyundai i20, uh, let alone a premium one? Obviously, it's Hyundai's B-segment hatchback. As you can tell by the name, it's bigger than an i10, but smaller than an i30. Ooh. So yes, logical model naming is us uh, when it comes to <laughs> when it comes to Hyundai hatchbacks. It's B seg segment, so that's Fiesta size. Yep, Polo size, Fiesta size, really. Yeah, uh, these days, reasonable, uh, affordable car, reasonable, affordable cars for pe- for normal people, which I'm sure is something that uh, that Hyundai really don't want me to say. It's all right, they can run with it. We'll, we'll let them have that one for free. Really, I think they're more likely to bug me to death because they're trying to be all sort of lifestyle-y and stuff. At least this isn't out before I see them. Uh, <laughs> currently here in the UK, the i20 is available with one engine and power output. It is a three-cylinder 1.048V mild hybrid, putting out a 100 metric horsepowers. 48V not being the number of valves on that three-cylinder engine, because that would be a bit of a squeeze. <laughs> Uh, it is a 48-volt mild hybrid. More on that later in the show. There are three trim levels available, all of which, funnily enough, come with that one engine. SE Connect, Premium, and Ultimate in sort of ascending level of um, amount of kit you get. Funnily enough, Ultimate is at the top. Okay, so Premium is the mid-pack. mid, mid pack. Premium is the mid-pack. Okay. So that's what I add uh, is the mid-pack. Just a quick question, just a slight slight digress. Mm-hmm. Is that expected to be their bestseller, do you think? I don't know, but I would imagine it is, yes. Yeah, okay. I would not be surprised if it is. Uh, especially in the manual, which is the one I had, uh, all three trims are available with either manual gearbox or a DCT automated manual, which is the same manual gearbox plus stuff. So it's essentially the same gearbox, just, just automated. Mm-hmm. Which has just suddenly made me think about what how many gears it has. No, pardon me, six speed. I had this sudden flash in my mind that it was five speed, but no, 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 that's my imagination just there. So yes, all trims available with manual gearbox or uh, a DCT or automated manual. Prices start from £18,575 for the SE Connect manual and end at 23325 for an ultimate with DSG right at the moment. That seems like that's sort of around the right price or the the market price so. for that type of size of vehicle so the premium plus plus metallic paint i'm about to come on to the, the colors but plus metallic paint it comes in at 21550 uh that on Hyundai's own pcp deal just leaving everything as it was with about six and a half thousand pounds down and uh not quite zero percent comes in at uh just under 250 quid a month 225 230 that's not bad a month for, for that spec including the paint mm-hmm. speaking of the paint polar white comes as standard uh anything else is 550 pounds and 500 pounds more if you want the two-tone look with a black roof depending on the spec level uh that you've chosen the colors include aurora gray which is gray phantom black which is black dragon red which is a nice red brass <laughs> Which is a kind of metallic beige. Okay. Hearing aidy kind of colour. Sleek silver. Uh, yeah. Uh, aqua turquoise. Sorry, just to go back though. Sleek silver. 
Is that like a lighter grey or is it yeah. silver? <laughs> it's silver. I'm just uh, giving in on that one. It's silver. Uh, and aqua turquoise, which funnily enough is a sort of metallic turquoisey colour and kind of funky and summery and, and, and quite, it's actually quite a nice colour. And last but not least, intense blue, which was the colour of the press car I had. It's a really, really nice colour. It's it's a sort of really deep inky blue, I always think of. Mm-hmm. When I say inky, I don't mean sort of fancy fountain pen ink. I do mean, oops, we've split a biro. <laughs> and you know that kind of biro blue? Yeah, yeah. When it's still wet before it's actually dried into the paper, it's that kind of colour. Okay. Which is really nice, nice I, I think, you know, despite my slightly demeaning description i I do really like it um it's a really nice color there will be an n-line model so that's normal but tweak the suspension and a bit more power um in this case uh with a 120 brake version of the same engine still as a mild hybrid that should be relatively nippy that should be quite pleasant and that'll be from £22,150 for the manual, uh, and you will be able to have a DSG on that anyway. And obviously at the top of the range, the i20N with 204 horsepower. Nice. From a mere £25,000. And I'm not being sarcastic when I say mere. I love the fact that you can go out and buy a standard SE Connect one, or for not an awful lot more, (laughs) relatively speaking, (laughs) you can go out and buy one with more than twice the power. Yes, as well. And I've heard, well, it's it seems like people are quite positive about it who've tried them so far. Yes, yes. At least one magazine has awarded many, many awards. Uh, but we'll see, because I'm, I'm, I've got my name down to drive one uh, very shortly. So it's going to be very interesting comparing that to one with half the power. I, I think it's going to be quite interesting, uh, both the comparison and, and driving the DN. Mm-hmm. Exterior. Well, yeah, it's a B-segment hatchback. It's compact, it's five-door. It's got that Hyundai family look. At the front, there's a sort of large, low grille made of irregular quadrilaterals. <laughs> they're not all. They're not quite kite shapes, um, and they're definitely not diamonds. So, so yeah, sorry. Uh, back, back to the maths class there. Zigzag slashes down the side, and then really kind of cool zigzaggy rear lights that are joined by a thin hecka blend. I think that's how you pronounce it. At this point, I was expecting someone to ask me what a hecker blend was. What is a hecker blend? It's the reflective strip that joins the the lights oh, okay. uh, on, on the back of the car. It's a German word. Okay. Well, I'm, I just want to say, because yeah. I'm looking at the photographs you've, you've thrown in for us to uh, look at while you describe things. I was to say, I am incredibly pleased with the fuel filler cap cover Oh, I knew you'd pick up on that. Because it's been several years since I've had a big old moan about how there was one particular car was dreadfully positioned. It didn't line up with anything. And this one does wonderfully. And I am delighted to see that. Someone has taken the time and gone, that will work there. And we will make this. The whole of the outside of this car is really really nicely done even if you don't like it when you stand there and you start looking at it in detail and just the way different surfaces seem to meet and i'm sure that our designer friends will probably disagree with me but the way that that uh, surfaces meet or intentionally don't meet uh, and the way that it moves from one material to the next to the next is really nicely done there's a chrome trim that goes up at the bottom of the glass house mm-hmm 
and it sort of goes up and then it goes into there's a third window it's a three light uh, on the side so you've got the front window the rear window and then you've got another window that's in the c pillar yeah and there's a chrome strip that goes around there and kind of ticks up the way but the way that each of those bits of trim match up there is a well-known electric vehicle manufacturer that cannot do that yeah this is b segment hatchback that people are going to go out and just buy mm. people who don't really notice or care about this kind of stuff and you look at it and you go somebody's really put in put effort into that and it's nice it's worth mentioning just how neatly done uh that all of that is those different those different pieces coming together to kind of form one surface and uh, one piece uh, that sort of philosophy or the the way of doing things reminds me of the tucson's that we had recently no, that oh, we, yeah. we've, we've found that team. there and this is a continuation of that it seems like the 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 design language incorporates we're actually going to pay attention to where we're putting well, things and look lines. at the rear lights so so the picture of the, the sort of rear three quarters that, that i've put in there is one that i think you shared on instagram it seems like so long since i've shared anything on instagram uh there's but th- that sort of Z flash that's in the rear light that goes that goes from the side and it's a kind of you can see how somebody was sketching that and they just wanted they wanted this zigzag light mm. uh whenever they were doing uh i don't know for how early uh pencil sketches or, or, or first sketches into the computer those very freehand ones and somehow that's made it all the way through mm. the rationalization the ability to manufacture all that stuff and there's still this kind of cool z flash that goes up joins the other side which of course is the mirror image z flash uh, and that's really funky um it's it's just nice it's just really cleverly well resolved the thing is you forget so i sat down to do this and i my initial notes said said yeah it just looks like a b-segment hatch that you would expect from hyundai and you don't you don't you know it's it's how you imagine to be a b-segment hatch it's not it's good looking but that's it and then i opened up the pictures and i I thought no i'd forgotten how good looking this is Mm. it only takes a couple of minutes but it but yeah, it's it's really whenever you look more more detail. Like with the Hyundai, uh, with the, sorry, with the Tucson, I'm not a fan of everything that's been done, but I like one the fact they did it and they went for it, and the other point is all these lines, all the angles, they are deliberate and mm-hmm. with intention. Whereas we look yeah. at some some other manufacturers at the moment, particularly some of the premium ones, and you look at the design and you go, there was no intention there, was there? It's just but, there. But I like that stuff, stuff's been done. That somebody sort of drew it and, and they drew it with the body kit built in. Mm. So if you look at the front, there's a gloss black bit at the bottom with two little bits coming out, which is a, it's a spoiler. It's, it's not, it looks like a splitter. Yeah. It looks like a splitter on a race car. And you go around to the back and you realize that there's a pseudo diffuser. There's another gloss black piece at the bottom of the back bumper, mm. which, 90% of people will never notice. No. And it's got little ridges that come down like a little diffuser. And it can't do anything. There's no chance it can do anything. There's nothing it'll do to help airflow. But they did it. It doesn't cost a it's it's a neocarnism. You know, good design doesn't doesn't really cost money. There's they didn't need to do this stuff, but they did, and it makes it funky. Yeah, what they yeah, exactly. What they've they've deliberately, obviously deliberately done this. And for a tiny proportion of the population, we we will notice that, and we will smile that they've that they have done that. 
Mm. And as you say, most people won't notice or just sort of go, oh, yeah, there's some lines there, but won't know what it represents or anything or what it's meant to, to show and won't care. But even though they know that there's only a small portion of the population will notice that and smile, they still went for it. And I, I yeah. admire that a lot. Yeah, yeah, me too. And me too. It's, especially when it's 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 a company that is a mass it is very much a mass producing company. It's not a com you know, Hyundai aren't a company that you generally think of as, you know, doing stuff for a small oh, I have to say that. I was about to say something it's complete rubbish. <laughs> complete rubbish. But they're not you know, you think oh gee, I am gonna get so lynched. You see, you think of Hyundai, you think, well, they're people who just make cars, you know, traditionally in the UK, make cars for old people. They, and that's been changed they a lot were over the last time. Of they were of that ilk, yes. But but when you look at stuff like this, you think, no, nah, that's not the case. But even the even in the that... lifetime of this podcast, oh, there, there has been a, a massive sea change in how they have approached things. It feels like there was a long-term plan, and I know we're, we're sounding very gushing here, and... Well, Andrew is anyway, yeah. Uh, whilst I don't agree with the, what I'm mostly talking about is the fact that the corporation has done this. Not whether I like this uh, the mm-hmm. exact execution or whether I, I'm glowing about everything they do or anything like that, but they, there is clearly a plan and they are, have got a long-term strategy that they are moving through. And that we say- I really admire because we, we look at other companies – Particularly OEMs, and you go, what is the what is the plan? What is the strategy? What are you doing in five years? Because I don't know what you're doing now. Hmm. There was something else we were talking about recently, and we were saying, well, you know, they don't, they don't tend to. Oh, it was Genesis, wasn't it? Mm. It's all about Genesis. I'm saying, well, they don't tend to do anything that they that they don't have a plan to deliver on properly. Mm. It just doesn't seem to happen. Anyway, yeah, should we, we move on? From yes, that? we've gushed, gushed a lot here. What, what yes. else on so, the anyway, exterior I don't, partic- has, I don't particularly like the alloy wheels. There we go. Is oh, that okay. balance? Right. Is yes. that balance? No, again, they're a little bit fussy, but they're much better than the i10 inline ones, which I had a good old grump about previously. <laughs> they are a bit fussy, but that's just what Hyundai seem to do with alloy wheels at the minute. Uh, they're black, they've got polished highlights. They're all right, um, but they are just... My thing with alloy wheels is I don't like cleaning them, so I don't want loads and loads and loads of spokes. That's really what it comes down to. <laughs> uh, the only thing I've seen that's contentious about the i20 is some people take real umbrage with the gloss black panel between the bottom of the rear windscreen and the heck blend and the rear lights, uh, and they say, oh, that should really be uh, body-coloured. Personally, I don't care. I quite like the black, to be honest, because it does make it look like you've got kind of funky, multidimensional rear window even though, even though it isn't mm. I, I don't have an issue with it i don't care no there you go no i don't i don't think that's a i mentioned something form. merely to say that i didn't care about it gosh it could almost be twitter couldn't it uh <laughs> moving as we do uh, here on the motoring podcast into the interior then uh let's start at the back as is traditional Obviously, it's five door hatchback, so in in the back is you open the hatch. There's a dual height floor with tie downs. Again, as with um, the the Tucson we talked about recently, and others, you can adjust the height with kind of one hand by just where you slide uh, slide the floor in. There's not much of an undercroft, and I wouldn't really want to put stuff in there because it because that rear wheel well is is full of the 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 battery for the mild hybrid. 
Oh, okay. Uh, so there's just a big sort of black box with thick cables coming out of it and sort of warning symbols on, and you think, no, maybe not put like, put anything metal too close to that. Yeah. But, yeah, it's not, not a big deal. How many inflatable dinosaurs fit in the boot, though? Uh, have you not noticed inflatable dinosaurs in the boot of all the recent cars? Yeah, I know, but this is this is your, your measurement. I, I... <laughs> yeah, inflatable dinosaur is pretty good in the inflatable dinosaur scale. Uh, he can lie down quite happily, mm-hmm. uh, but it's not quite deep enough for him to stand up. Okay. But he's about two feet high, so it's, it's quite a deep boot before he can stand up, to be perfectly honest. Yeah, it does look a decent size. Yeah, what is cool, though, is that if you wanted to stand up in the boot when you're driving around, because he's a bit taller than the amount of space there is with the with the parcel shelf in place, mm-hmm. then you don't actually have to completely remove the parcel shelf. What you do is you disconnect it from the, the boot lid. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you can slide it down two slots so it runs down parallel to the back of the back seat. Okay, yeah, yeah. If you've gone, you bought plants or you bought something bulkier, a box that's just too tall, um, you know, a lamp or something, mm. then and you need to carry those around, but you didn't realize it was going to be just a bit big, then you can still do that and you don't have to have a parcel shelf rattling around loose. It, it slots neatly into it and stores down the back of the 6040 split rear seat. Clever. Like that, mm, it is. It's really neat. Um, and yeah, you you don't see something forever, and then a whole bunch of them come along at once. Uh, so <laughs> I haven't seen it. I had two cars on the trot with it. So yeah. Um, back seat. Speaking of which, uh, as I said, sixty forty split belts for three. It's a B segment hatch. Uh, unless people are very small, you don't really want three of them abreast for for too long mm-hmm. uh, in the back. But it's perfectly fine for two. Little knees are a little bit squashed into the back of the front seats. Uh, if I'm doing the traditional mojo sitting beside, sitting behind myself test, um, <laughs> and it's not bad head headroom wise or anything. It's it's perfect, you know, for the size of car. It's what you'd expect. It's not an S class Merc, but it's it's you know it's it's, it's a little car. Yep. Uh, in the back, storage wise, there's bottle holders in each rear door. There's a little kind of mobile phone size slot uh, in the back of the sort of the the, the sort of cubby and armrest uh, for the front seat passengers mm-hmm. or the driver and the front seat passenger. Uh, and there's also a 12 volt socket there as well. Okay. There's pockets in the back of the, the driver's seat, uh, the front seats as well. Yes, there are. Well spotted, that man. I missed that out of my notes just to test you. Glad I passed. Keep up the good work. Uh, up front is it's pretty grown up actually. The materials, if you're if you're a sort of if you're a dash top grappler, then you could quite easily go, wow, these are oh, they're not as you know, it's 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 not as premium as a Volkswagen or whatever it is that you're going to do or say that makes you that way. Uh then you could say, well, actually, we could have better quality plastics. And you could have this, and you could have that, and you could have the next thing. You could, but you would also have to pay more for it. Mm. So for, you know, as I say, B-segment hatch, perfectly fine. No need to to, to get upset uh, over any particularly awful plastics there. Uh, one of the things that there is in this is, remember, when I've spoken about the i10 before, both on the launch and for the i10 N-Line, the I-10 is absolutely plastered with hexagons. There are more hexagons than there are in your average beehive. In in the I-20, they've, they've moved away from hexagons uh, inside. Uh, and what they've gone for instead are strakes. So the dashboard is like a 1980s Ferrari. Okay. And, and the, the front door panels and everything. So it's a good way to liven up what would otherwise be dull 
panels of cheapish plastic to be perfectly frank mm. uh and it, it just breaks up so there's there's strakes that go the full width of the dashboard and integrate the air vents the strakes down the doors down the parcel bits uh, the the seat fabric in this it, it, this spec is is all sort of horizontal lines so it is it's kind of cool if, if you get in close and you make it a little bit abstract it is very artistic you start to get a bit like the guggenheim in new york city type of type of vibe going on there but it's kind of cool it's just interesting it costs them next to sod all to do but it livens it up and it just gives it just gives interest mm. uh, in places that would otherwise look cheap and very very bare otherwise that said up front uh if you're in the driving seat looking forward then you're met not with a uh, one uh separate binnacle and then uh and then an ipad poking out the top of the dashboard or a, or a phablet of some you know other phablets are available uh poking out of the the top of the dashboard but with one piece that goes right the way across made up of a couple of different screens so the binnacle itself is electronic all electronic not a hybrid uh, of the two and that has pretty much the same graphics as you'd see on the Tucson. Okay. So you get the same quality of display, or you seem to get the same quality of display at this uh, premium spec i20 as you do much further up the, the Hyundai range as well. And then in the, towards the middle is 10 and a quarter inch widescreen. And it is particularly wide. So it's your standard Apple CarPlay plus about another three inches. All right. Okay onto the side where you can choose to have something different showing. So I actually quite like the analog clock because I do like an analog clock in a car dash. <laughs> so I was able to configure that and it turns out that it was, it, it was the same. It ended up with the same layout as the Lexus I had a few weeks later, but I could have had a, a number of other things in instead, uh, my mu uh, music or any, whatever there was that you could display that wasn't going to clash with the car play. Okay setup or whatever you have in there underneath that massive screen there's a row of buttons to let you choose which which mode you want or whether you want to go back to the sort of home screen when i say buttons they are the sort of touch sensitive smooth things but they were a slightly satin finish so at least they didn't show the fingerprints oh yes and they also seem to work when you press on them which is not always a given with those vents below that built into those those strakes across the dash push buttons and switches for the single zone climate control as well okay uh before we got to the cubby trays a pair of usb ports and an 80 watt 12 volt socket as well cool moving back from the cubby just ahead of the gear stick buttons for the heated seats the parking camera parking sensors uh this is only on the rear uh, in this and also the drive mode so you could choose from comfort eco and sport and surprise surprise the colors of the dash binnacle changed in the usual and expected manner difference otherwise wasn't that much eco dulled the throttle um sport just made just just sort of made everything red to know uh, you've got a hundred break okay there's not a lot of sport to be had at that point yeah so do you, i presume you after seeing that it did things and there may or may not have been a change just left it in comfort yeah i just left it standard yeah usual alan approach of yeah well that makes it seems to make not much difference at all so i'll just leave it where it is yeah uh it's worth mentioning this is quite an odd spec you get cloth seats 
but you also get heated cloth seats. And you need a key to, you know, and you have to press the buttons on the key to unlock the car. And then you need to flick out the key from the flicky key, insert it into the side of the steering column and turn it in order to start the car. Did they not realise it's the future and we are to just no. be in there and press a button and everything happens? But you get a heated steering wheel, Andrew. Ugh. Which just seems, which I don't like somebody with who's sort of generally warm anyway. Uh, heated steering wheels just... I just don't get them. No, they're All not they are is a way to get my, my palms sweaty, not for reasons <laughs> anything like that. Uh, they, I just don't like them. I just just no. don't. I just don't need them, really. My, my, you know, my circulation is good enough that I don't need that. So, yeah, it's just a rather odd spec at that point. And, of course, you get all the standard lane departure warning and, and all that kind of kind of stuff as well. Okay. Oh, there's buttons on the steering wheel, too, but I've forgotten quite what the layout was. It'll be the typical thing that on the left hand side is is the mm. phone and adjusting um through yeah. the media things and on the right hand side will be driver stuff. Yeah, yeah. It's the same like as the Tucson was anyway. It's, it's yeah. yeah, all the usual stuff. Uh, I noticed from the pictures that the interior is two tone as well that helps lift. Yeah, it's it, it does. So it's quite a sort of the the plastics lower down the dash are are relatively pale grey and then there's there's a sort of mid grey uh, higher up which is good it, it it lifts the interior a bit it stops it being the black hole of Calcutta mm-hmm. um, and it, it does it makes quite a decent do you think they'll stand up to use or will they show marks do you think I don't know I, I suspect the bottoms of the rear doors may show marks but then they're it's it's dark plastics where you should really be be rubbing or hitting your feet or any other part of your anatomy. So basically, we just bear that in mind as, as long them. as you're not an idiot, they should be fine. Yeah, I don't I don't see why they would get too marked just in where they are. Take care and clean them. <laughs> it's it's not as if it's cream leather, um, no. <laughs> you know, cream armrests or a cream steering wheel or any of the the major touch points. All the major touch points are a darker color, so you you should be okay majority of the time cool driving it i I went i went on a journey with this car a metaphorical (laughs) journey figuratively as well as emotionally i I did a figure (laughs) as well as literally i did quite a few miles in this car actually there's a good yeah good i did over 300 miles which to be honest that used to be nothing in a press car but is now a little bit of an achievement i actually had to put fuel in it oh my word i know i know I hope That's, you wrote to complain. I did not write to complain. No. <laughs> and if people think I'm exaggerating that, there's an awful lot of car reviews get written where the cars have never been refilled in their lives. Not that that's a grumble to our, of, of ours at, at all. But yes, I went on a on a on a journey uh, as regards the as regards the drivability of this car because I started out following the little lift your foot off, change up a gear, change down a gear symbols. Mm. and how long did that last uh, two or three days oh wow two days my word two days uh, and i two days getting more and more infuriated each time i drove it because is it is it like others that we have tried geared purely for mpg yes. and WLTP. keeping everything down yeah it's keeping everything down you're always three gears too high mm. you know you go to accelerate it's like, and of course you know some of these little engines 
they don't have a very wide power band because they're a little engine three-cylinder car. That's what happens. It's a, it's a factor of those. And there's only so much that a mild hybriding them can do. Yeah. If you follow the little symbols that tell you when to change up and change, change down and to lift your foot off and all that kind of stuff, it is, it's blooming awful, <laughs> frankly. If after a couple of days you go, sod this, this cannot be right, and you just start ignoring it and driving it on instinct, then actually it's quite a peppy little thing and it's it, it gets you around the place. You're not going to win that many traffic-like Grand Prix, not if anyone else is particularly trying. Mm. But with conservation of momentum and all these kind of things, you can actually zip along all right. You can hold a speed. Once you're up to a speed, you, you can easily hold it. Okay. One of the big advantages of this is that there's none of that, there was none of that dragging that I found with uh, that I found with other mild mild hybrids recently. I did find that there was a hybrid, you know, the kind of hybrid displays mm. where it shows you, oh, you're, you're generating electricity. Uh, and it showed when you were generating electricity, but it never showed when you were using the electricity. So it was very difficult for me to find out when that was working or not. And I don't know whether that makes it bad because it just felt like a small engine car. Or whether that makes it really, really good because it was completely and utterly seamless. So uh, I'll let you decide at home, uh, <laughs> listeners. I, I wasn't – so I, I went through a whole lot. I was really, really torn about this for quite a while, actually, more so than I normally am. Uh, normally, you know, a, a mind will be made up relatively quickly. But on this one, I really was like, oh, God, oh, no, I don't like it. I don't – oh, this is awful. This is – oh, actually, it's not so bad. Just ignore that bit and it's fine. But then how do I know it's a hybrid? I can't feel any hybridness. But then is that a good thing? Because I could feel that the other ones were a hybrid before and I disliked it. So if this is just feels like a car, then surely feels like a car is how it should feel. Or it's not doing anything and it's all just hocus pocus. I suppose I it depends on the whether they sounds. make a big thing about the hybridness of it and then you can't tell there is a hybrid. It, then it I does think have it's a bad. big badge on the side saying 48V. It's about two inches long and about an inch high. But then after that, there's not really much hybridness shown anywhere. So so I, I still don't know whether mild hybrids are in marketing thang or not. I think that time has passed. What? I think mild, to, mild to really harp on about mild hybrids, that's that's now like the de facto car. And it, people it talk about plug-in or not plug-in hybrids or EVs. Yes, it's agreed. Agreed couple of other things though controls really really light if you're in comfort if you're in sport they're still really light <laughs> let's be <laughs> honest um, although compared to my car the then just about everything is light it drives quite nicely uh what it didn't really like was some of the urban urban assault course around here <laughs> between the moving between the the tank traps and the ha-has that have been installed <laughs> randomly by trucks going over the roads everything felt nice and solid at the front but the rear just felt a little bit it felt jiggly and unresolved you know a terrible problem with these the, the tread shuffle on these hatchbacks but <laughs> you, you know, it just didn't feel it just didn't feel planted okay whereas other cars in this segment thing ha have felt better uh, around there uh, once you're out on the road once you're out on the roads and things it, it felt just fine on the motorway it was it was it was great I, I will confess the day after i i got it when i was still having still sort of fighting with the fighting with the indicator lights i i was on the i, I was on the m3 in heck of a downpour mm. 
and it wasn't a lot of fun there but that was by virtue of it being a b-segment hatchback on a busy motorway when people were far too close and i, I did find myself wishing i was still driving juice on yeah at that point but i think i would have felt exactly the same in my own car as well <laughs> so uh so yeah i don't think that that's that that can be put down to the i-20 in any way shape or form technology wise nothing particular nothing other than the usual mandated stuff i mean the the entertainment system was an entertainment system it, it worked it played music it wasn't uh, it wasn't um abnormally awesome or abnormally awful the car play worked i didn't try the android auto that wide screen was kind of it was kind of cool. Uh, it was mm-hmm. kind of strange that it didn't f- that the CarPlay CarPlay didn't fill out the whole width of the screen. Um, I don't know whether that's a CarPlay restriction or, or, or not, but I did like the fact that you could sort of fill something in that that extra gap rather than just leaving it black. So so I I tended to run the analog clocks. I said deep in the bowels of the options for there are many options you can have all the the same sort of atmospheric environmental <laughs> noise stuff as we got in the tucson so yes you can drive around to the sound of a rainforest or pavement cafe if that's your bag personally i still haven't worked out why you would want to do it i just find it rather unnerving to be honest but it's, <laughs> it's kind of fun don't know don't know you can drive to church to the sound of a crackling wood fire it just makes you think that something somewhere is rattling. That was as much as I've found. <laughs> Verdict then, yeah. I think, really. Uh, it's good value. It's well built. Just ignore the you should drive like this lights, and it's perfectly good car. I mean, it's it's never going to set your world alight. Um, but would I recommend it to other people who I know aren't into cars and just want a small hatchback? Yes. Yes, I would. Uh, would I recommend it to anyone who's slightly enthusiastic? No, no, I wouldn't. But I would possibly suggest an N line for people who who want a bit more, um, who who might want a little bit more. And and uh, I'm very keen to try the N myself. Mm-hmm. So so yes, the the N might well be the the one that I would recommend to enthusiasts, especially at that price point. Yeah, but more on the N, I'm sure before before very long. Fingers crossed. So yes, uh, Hyundai i twenty premium. Then. Okay, good show. If you want to know more, don't forget that between now and next time you can give us any feedback. Share your thoughts to the show at Motoring Podcast on Twitter and Instagram, on Facebook, and on the contact page of motoringpodcast.com, the hub of all our activities. Please don't forget to leave a review and rating on Apple Podcasts or however your podcast app lets you do such a thing. Andrew, if people want to know more, I don't know why they would be asking you, but if they do want to, what's the best way to get in touch? Best way to get in touch is via Twitter. If you search for Crack Windscreen, you'll find me there. And Alan, if people would like to hear more about the exterior styling and the clever bits that you found around the car in case they didn't get enough. I I think you've bored them to tears by now, to be honest. (laughs) What's the best way to do that personally? (laughs) Personally. Uh, You could use Twitter where I'm at AJP Bradley. That's B-A-D-L-E-Y. We will be back before very long, but until then, I've been Alan Bradley. I've been Andrew Clues. And safe motoring.